Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen at snc.tv and local now channel 525 if we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much prospered as no other people on earth it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery with its row upon row of simple white markers bearing crosses or stars of David. They add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed it is. Good morning. Seven minutes after the hour of nine o'clock, and we are underway on this uh, Wednesday edition. It is the 16th morning of the sixth month of the year of our Lord 2021. Coming up on the program this morning in about an hour, we are going to talk with Dan Reganold. Dan was the keynote speaker at the uh, last Medina County Friends and Neighbors meeting this past Saturday, and Dan is going to talk to us this morning about some of the things he addressed with that organization, including CRT critical race theory there's a website you should check out called stopcriticalracetheory.com it's now a coalition of 22 ohio groups and it is growing over 1200 ohioans have signed on so far we're going to talk about that also going to be talking about what's happening in the um, state house as a well, not really the state house, i shouldn't say that what i should say is the state board of education as they met for the last two days talking and a lot of testimony was offered about uh, the ongoing attempt to radicalize our children in a number of ways including sexually sexually radicalizing young children with lessons and with materials and with curricula that simply have no place in our children's public schools so dan reganold will be joining us to talk about that coming up at about 10 10 then at 10 35 we're going to talk politics with jonah schultz who is a politician now he wants to be the next uh ohio uh, state of, excuse me the next U.S. representative from the state of Ohio, this one from the 16th Congressional District, is what I'm trying to say. And that, of course, is the district currently being occupied by Anthony Gonzalez. Anthony Gonzalez, who essentially turned traitor against the country and against the Constitution and against the rule of law, against due process, when he voted to impeach Donald J. Trump without any of that due process. Jonah Schultz is one of those fighting to remove him from 
Washington, D.C. Max Miller is another option there. But uh, I talked to Jonah once already, and I want to talk to him again. I like him. He's a good guy. I think he's got some really good ideas. I think he's very forward-thinking, and I think he's very articulate on where he stands. It's going to be real tough in that primary when the time comes. So we've got Dan Regenhold, and we have Jonah Schultz this morning on the program. And before we start with today's top news, let's pause for our Pledge of Allegiance. Patriots, if you don't mind, if you have a flag, please stand and face it. If you don't, just stand and put your hand over your heart and join us in honoring our great country. If you are a progressive leftist, well, by all means, take your knee. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Yes, indeed. That is what it is all about. Thank you so very much for joining us for that. I want to uh, start this morning with a little bit of comedy. Um, unintentional comedy, perhaps, particularly for those on the political left. We all know who Stephen Colbert is, right? Far-left comedian, went from stand-up comedy to replacing Jon Stewart on The Daily Show. Then, of course, he ended up getting The Late Show from David Letterman. He's about as far-left as it gets. He's a pseudo-intellectual. He tries to come off as Ivy League-educated and you know, just so far in advance and and out in front of everybody else. Um, It falls flat 90% of the time, but he is very popular with the left. Jon Stewart is also very popular with the left. Not as self-important as Colbert. Jon Stewart, who used to host The Daily Show, really, really tried to make comedy the number one thing. It was an entertainment show. They would go through the quote-unquote news and make fun of the news. Was it left-leaning? Yeah. Was it as mean-spirited, hateful, and you know, far-left and radical? as it is now under Trevor Noah and as it was then under Stephen Colbert. No, John Stewart knew how to entertain. Even though he was a left-leaner and still is, he knew how to entertain. Well, these two entertainers, if you will, got together on Colbert's Late Show two nights ago, and apparently the left is no longer a fan of John Stewart. Why? Because John Stewart brought common sense and reality to a conversation about the origins of the Wuhan flu. And yes, we will still refer to it as the Wuhan flu or the China flu or the China virus or the Wuhan virus or whatever, because as we all know, virtually all of the circumstantial evidence, even many on the left admitting this now, indicate that this virus was released or escaped from a Wuhan laboratory not from a Chinese bat soup at a wet market. So John Stewart brought common sense and a dose of reality to Stephen Colbert. Colbert did not like it, and leftists watching hated it even more, and they are coming for Stewart's head now. Why? Well, apparently because he dared to challenge the CCP. He dared to challenge the narrative of the Chinese Communist Party. And to American progressives, that's inexcusable. How dare you challenge fellow communists? Listen to the exchange between Jon Stewart and Stephen Colbert. I, I, and I honestly mean this. I think we owe a great debt of gratitude 
to science. Science has, in many ways, helped ease uh, the suffering of this pandemic, uh, which was more than likely caused by science. <laughs> so, and that's kind of. Hold on, that. No, 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 no. Not, listen, listen. I'll, it's I'll, coffee. I wouldn't I'm, do that. I wouldn't do that to you. I'm so what, what do you? Takes, but what do you? What, 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 what do you mean by? Do you mean like? Well, so this perhaps this, there's, there's a chance that this was created in a lab. There's an investigation. A chance. Well, but I, so, I, 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 oh my if God. there's evidence, I'd love to hear it. There's I don't a know. novel respiratory coronavirus overtaking Wuhan, China. What do we do? Oh, you know who we could ask? The Wuhan novel respiratory coronavirus lab. The disease is the same name as the lab. <laughs> that's, just, that's just a little too weird, don't you think? And then they ask those scientists, they're like, how did this... So wait a minute, you work at the Wuhan... Respiratory coronavirus lab. How did this happen? And they're like, mm, a pangolin kissed a turtle. <laughs> and you're like, no. I, you, you, the wait, name wait, of your lab. If you look at the name, look at the name. Can I? Let me see your business card. Show me your business card. Oh, I work at the coronavirus lab in Wuhan. Oh, because there's a coronavirus loose in Wuhan. How did that happen? Maybe a bat flew into the cloaca of a turkey and then it sneezed into my chili and now we all have coronavirus. Like, come okay, wait, okay, wait, okay. Wait a second, wait a what about second. this? What about wait this? Listen to this. Wait a second. All right. John. Oh my God. Oh my God. There's been an outbreak of chocolatey goodness near Hershey, Pennsylvania. What do you think happened? Like, oh, I don't know. Maybe a steam shovel made it with a cocoa bean. Or it's the chocolate factory. Maybe that's it. That could be. That could be. That now, the best part about this as I pause it is Colbert's exclusively liberal, progressive audience is cheering the common-sense remarks of Jon Stewart, which, by the way, echo the common-sense remarks made by Donald Trump and countless other conservatives over the course of the last 16 months or so. This is what we have all and so many have said, and they booed it, they hissed it, they jeered it. They said that, oh my gosh, you're going to get um, Asian-American people attacked. Don't, don't blame this on the Chinese government that runs, the Chinese communists that run the Wuhan novel coronavirus respiratory lab. Uh, don't blame it on, on them. Now that it's all kind of coming out in the wash, now that we're kind of finding out that, yes, it absolutely did, and Trump and others were right, now they're listening to Jon Stewart, one of their own, again, a left-leaning comedian, uh, bringing the truth, and they're, they're laughing not at Jon Stewart. Do you know what they're laughing at? They're laughing at themselves. Because they're like, it's true. How did we think otherwise? How did we think that this coronavirus didn't come from the lab where coronaviruses were being studied and gain-of-function research was being done? How did we ever buy the bat soup theory? They're laughing at themselves. Now, Colbert, who is still on TV on a regular, 
He's, of course, the host of the, the, the uh, uh, late night show on CBS. Now, he's got to laugh along with the audience a little bit and laugh along with Jon Stewart, but he's also got a mission here. He's part of, you know, the, the communications team that advances all liberal theories as facts. And the liberal theory has been that this was just completely a natural phenomenon that the communists who run the Chinese government and thus that lab had nothing to do with this. It, it certainly couldn't have been the way that John Stewart just described it. So Colbert's got to find a way to walk a fine line, knowing his audience loved what they just heard and laughed at him and at themselves. He's got to find a way to say, yeah, but you could be wrong. It still could be what we have said all along. See, that's the big, you know, one of the biggest problems of being a progressive. Never being able to admit when you're wrong. It's, it's against their religion. Leftism, progressivism, is a religion. It's a dogma for them. And they cannot violate their own tenets of their own faith by admitting that they're wrong. Leftism is always right. So listen as Colbert tries to walk the line between the comedy of what Stewart was saying and the audience was loving and the facts that Stewart was bringing. That could By be. The way, I gave them all tuberculosis. Yes. <laughs> that, could, that could very well be. And Anthony Fauci and Francis Collins and NIH have said, like, this should definitely be investigated. Don't stop with the logic and people and things. The no, name I, of the disease. Wait a second. Wait a second. The building. Wait a second. But I, I, it could be possible. You could be right. It could be possible that they have the lab in Wuhan to study the novel coronavirus diseases because. In Wuhan, there are a lot of novel coronavirus diseases because of the bat population sure, no, there. I understand. It's, it's like the same. It's like, a wait local a specialty, and it's the only place to find bats. You won't find bats no, anywhere it's like else. Saying, oh wait, Austin, Texas has thousands of them that fly out of a cave every night. Every night at dusk. Is there a, a coronavirus in Austin? Coronavirus? No, it doesn't seem to be in Austin. Coronavirus. <laughs> the only coronavirus we have is in. Wuhan, yes, where they have a lab called what's the lab called again, Stephen? The Wuhan Novel Coronavirus Lab. I believe that's uh-huh. the case. And now, how long have you worked for Senator Ron Johnson? Let me tell you something. And there it is. Now we have to try to start to attack John Stewart's logic and reason after first flying the. Hey, it's just because that's where the bats are. That's the reason why they have the lab there to study what the bats have. As John Stewart correctly pointed out, yeah, that's the only place in the world where there are bats. Are you kidding me? And after that failed, he goes to the, why are you sounding like a conservative conspiracy theorist? Why are you sounding like Senator Ron Johnson now? Let me tell you something about Ron Johnson. This is not a conspiracy. Here's the thing about science. You could be right. You could be right. But this is the problem with science. Science is incredible. But they don't know when to stop. And nobody in the room with those cats ever goes, I don't know if we should do that. Like, a few years back. I agree with you. If science can do it, they will do it. They will do it. They're like, oh, curiosity killed the cat. Oh, okay, well, let's kill 10,000 cats to find out why. And you're like, that's what science does. They they push things. They, They do the thing like, okay, listen to this. So, a few years back... You know, we stopped filming a lot. I understand that. (laughs) Can I tell you something? And again, that joke, you know, was a joke, but his point was, you realize, John, that you're alienating my liberal audience, both in here in the studio and everybody watching at home. 
my liberal audience hates you right now and hates me for having you on. So the joke is, you know, we're not filming because we're not going to show this to anybody. You realize because of what you're saying, you're letting the cat out of the bag. Or, more appropriately, you're letting the bat out of the bag. And it's killing us. Please stop. That was Stephen Colbert's plea, mid-interview. Please stop. We're not even filming anymore. You sound like Ron Johnson. You're killing me. You're killing my show. You're killing our narrative. And you're harming the Chinese Communist Party. Please stop. It gets better. Not from Colbert and Stewart, but from the reaction of the progressive left. 9.22 on AM 14.20, The Answer. I'll be right back. Okay, it's 9.25. I want to give you the uh, second segment here. It's about uh, three and a half minutes long. And then I'll share some of the responses. And, of course, I welcome your responses. We're guest-free until the top of the hour, so you can get in line at 216-901-0945 or 888-281-1110. But listen again to the uh, pseudo-intellectual Stephen Colbert being schooled by his predecessor as host of The Daily Show, which, of course, then went on to be hosted by Colbert and now Trevor Noah. Now uh, Colbert hosts the late-night show that he got from, late show that he got from David Letterman. But anyway, John Stewart came on and schooled him on the lab leak of the coronavirus out of Wuhan. Now they went to commercial break and came back with this. We're back with the man himself, Mr. John Stewart. Uh, John, John. Yeah. Uh, uh, do, do, either I ask you a question right now or do go on. Can I say this about science? You can, can I say, say anything you want about some of my best friends are scientists. This- and I love them, and they do such good work, but they are going to kill us all. Atomic bomb, baby, atomic bomb. Atomic bomb, because they're still people. So you have the atomic bomb, and the, if you cut the atom this way, it can power the world with electricity. And if you cut it that way, it can blow everything up. Guess which one we tried first? Like, that's just who we are. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, 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 a couple of years ago, there was the 1918, you remember the last pandemic, right? Sure. Not so a bunch of scientists... Yes, I've, I've read up. I was there. Look at my beard. Uh, 1918, they, they had a sample that I guess had been in the whatever permafrost lab in the 1918. So the idea was they were going to reanimate it mm. so that they could study it. The 1918 pandemic flu, they had a little sample of it, and it hadn't been a scourge in the earth for 100 years. And they thought to themselves, what if we just, I don't know, woke it up? <laughs> and nobody in the room was like, no, <laughs> let's not do that. But they did that. Here's how I believe the world ends. And I say this to you uh, uh, in, in, in sincerity. Okay. It does not end. We are a screwed up world. There's racism, income inequality, fascism, authoritarianism. All these horrible, horrible things. Uh, uh, natural resources that run down. Th- that'll all be fine. <laughs> the world ends. The last words man utters are somewhere in a lab. A guy goes, <laughs> it worked. I'm going to stop it there because I think the point that Jon Stewart was making has been made uh, abundantly clear. 
it's true that what science can do, science will do, because science is about pushing the envelope. Science is about going as far as we can go, and then right when we reach our limit, pushing it a little farther past. It's why gain-of-function research is done. It's why Stewart is right. It's why Trump was right. It's why all of the conservatives who said that the Chinese Communist Party concocted this thing through what is essentially illegal on the international stage research, gain-of-function research, in that Wuhan laboratory. And whether it leaked out accidentally or intentionally is a matter of debate, but it's very, very clear that it did come in some form or fashion from that lab which is exactly what we are finding out now, which suddenly has piqued the curiosity of some in the press and said, eh, maybe we should call for a for an investigation. You heard Colbert saying, if there's going to be an investigation, you know, John, and maybe you're right. And, and if so, Dr. Fauci says, let's have an investigation. This thing came into the you know, rest of the world, this pandemic, a year and a half ago. The investigation needed to be started a year and a half ago minus one month. That's when the investigation needed to be started. Now that it's killed millions around the world, and over 600,000 is what they're telling us anyway in the United States, now they want to do the investigation? As if the CDC, or not the CDC, beg your pardon, the CCP, that's the Chinese Communist Party, and their pseudo-investigation that they ran under the guise of the WHO, the World Health Organization, now that that has been conducted, what do you think? What makes you think there is even one scintilla of evidence left over that it came from that lab? In a year and a half, that's a lot of time to destroy a lot of stuff. Ask Hillary Clinton how quickly things can be erased, how how quickly servers can be bleached, bit smashed with hammers, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. They have probably set off bleach bombs inside the laboratory to make sure that anything and everything that even resembles a virus was killed by the bleach. Now, I'm being a little bit facetious here, but I'm just saying the, the investigation now means nothing. The reality of the situation, and what I love the most about those stories, or the, the excuse me, that interview I just played, is the stories being written by the progressives, calling John Stewart a sellout, calling John Stewart somehow corrupted. John Stewart has become a conspiracy theorist. How dare you condemn the Chinese Communist Party and their lab in Wuhan, China? Don't you know you're going to get Asian Americans hurt? Because that's what I want to do. How about you? Now that I've heard John Stewart say that you know this came from a Chinese lab, all Asian people of Asian descent in America must pay the price. Now we have to go and attack them. This is the mindset of the lunatic left. I want to hear from you at 216 Right back after the news. Now heard through downtown, through greater Cleveland, on 102.5 FM. It's the Bob France Authority. And I want to dig a little bit deeper on this uh, before I move on, because it's important. And by the way, this is so much bigger than just the John Stewart portion of this. And oh, by the way, in addition to being right, he was funny. You know, what he did uh, was kind of what he's always done. He's, he's, he presents news and his opinions who are, that are normally left-wing, by the way, in a very entertaining fashion. He's a very talented and funny guy. Uh, liked him back in the day when he hosted The Daily Show before he became overtly political. He would just make fun of everything. 
Uh, but nonetheless, he's very funny and very talented. But this is about more than that. This is about what liberals do, what progressives do, when the message they like, they don't like, rather, changes, uh, and when the messenger is somebody that they, you know, used to worship. I mentioned some of the responses, and I want to hit this now. Washington Post columnist Paul Waldman, a left-wing columnist, as all Post columnists must be, with the exception of Hugh Hewitt, who is uh, allowed to write a column for them from a more center-right point of view. But left-wing columnist Paul Waldman wrote a piece yesterday, headlined, John Stewart's rant is a reminder, don't rely on celebrities for COVID-19 theories, which is interesting because they listen to celebrities all the time on the left because the excuse me those celebrities share the same progressive left-wing views as the media so they are constantly highlighting the views of celebrities but in this case here comes a left-wing media member or excuse me celebrity rather uh offering criticism of the left-wing media on this and they can't handle that He wrote, did uh, Paul Waldman in the Washington Post, that it was a bit shocking to see Stewart go on an extended rant on The Late Show with Stephen Colbert about coronavirus lab leak theories. Waldman claimed that the lab leak theory has become associated with conservatives trying to prove that former uh, President Donald Trump was right about everything. So he knocked the liberal comedian for suggesting it's the only plausible explanation for the source of the virus. He wrote, quote, This provides an important lesson about celebrities. You shouldn't get your political opinions from them or your scientific opinions either. I know what you're going to say. That's just because this time a a liberal celebrity is taking a position you don't like. But it's not that at all, he says. And I'll stop there and say, of course it is exactly that. You have never, Paul Waldman, condemned or criticized Stephen Colbert, who is nothing but a comedian and a celebrity, for going on his rants on politics against Trump and everything conservative every single night for the last several years that he's had this show. Never once did you say, don't listen to celebrities like Colbert. Never once did you say, don't listen to celebrities like Jimmy Kimmel. Never once. It's only now when Jon Stewart says something, who's a leftist, but who says something that people on the right might agree with. They're, oh, we can't listen to celebrities. On the lab leak question, Waldman writes, I'm agnostic. Might, might that be where the virus came from? Sure, or maybe not. But it matters only for the historical record and questions like, what should international virology lab safety standards require? As a political question, it's pretty much irrelevant. Irrelevant as to where the leak came from? This man writes for a newspaper, one of the biggest in the country, the Washington Post, and he's saying that a virus that has killed millions of human beings around the world, and according to maybe less than reliable statistics in the United States, over 600,000 people here, it's irrelevant to figure out where it came from? about whether it was a a weird anomaly of nature versus an intentionally created virus using gain-of-function research in a laboratory that is violating safety and and, uh, uh, science standards from, from all around the globe? Irrelevant? The Post columnist Paul Waldman argued that nothing changed when then-President Trump first pushed the lab leak theory last year. 
And that while Stewart has the right to say what he wants, quote, his attack on expertise reminds us why expertise is so important. That's not to say that experts don't have biases or blind spots, he said, because they do. Sometimes they can be catastrophic. But it's not it's not because experts can't be trusted. It's because something kept them from seeing what they should have, or perhaps more often they just didn't have enough information to arrive at the best judgment. Celebrities, on the other hand, often find millions of people taking their ideas on things they know more about, they know no more about than the average person, all too seriously. And again, I'll pause there and say, do you own a mirror, Mr. Waldman? Do you leftists ever look at yourselves and really ask, should I say that? Do I want to highlight this on my computer screen and delete because I'm about to make myself look like an idiot? You have quoted celebrities. You have highlighted celebrities. You have feted and fetted celebrities. You have celebrated celebrities for their opinions when that you agree with them. Now you have, an, a, a, have a celebrity with an opinion you disagree with, and it's, you know, we shouldn't trust celebrities. We should trust experts. It feels good when a celebrity you admire agrees with you, he writes, and feels bad when the same person has values that differ from yours. But they're not experts. And the reason we listen to experts is they know more than we do. It should be noted that his newspaper, Paul Waldman's newspaper, the Washington Post, which may be more of a left-wing rag than even the old gray lady herself, may be more of a left-wing piece of trash than the new york than the new york times itself but the washington post ran a headline back in february of last year literally about a month into all of this headline read tom cotton keeps repeating a coronavirus conspiracy theory that was already debunked that was last february 15 months later in other words just two months ago the Post had to issue a, quote, correction following recent developments and investigations that helped legitimize the China lab origins. They wrote, quote, earlier versions of this story and its headline inaccurately characterized comments by Senator Tom Cotton regarding the origins of the coronavirus. The term debunked and the Post's use of conspiracy theory have been removed because then, as now, there was no determination about the origins of the virus. So, in other words, they are willing to lie, advance the agenda, advance the narrative, present unfounded or unverified findings in order to advance their agenda, but, and, the, and they're willing to give credibility to celebrities, not experts, but celebrities when they are spewing the same agenda and the same narrative in support of that agenda. But now uh, everything changes. Well, let's, let's follow Paul Waldman's lead here, the Washington Post left-wing columnist. He said, let's not listen to celebrities like Stewart. Let's listen to the experts. They know more than we do. Okay. I'll bite. Would one consider the director of the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention an expert? The director of the CDC, would that, would that qualify as an expert more than uh, retired comedian John Stewart or current late-night host Stephen Colbert? I would think so. 
Well, let's check in with the expert. Let's check in with the director of the former director, rather, of the CDC, Robert Redfield. Because Robert Redfield has just begun a round of interviews explaining exactly why he fully believes that the lab leak or the lab release is the cause of the COVID-19 pandemic. That the origin was a lab, not, as John Stewart mockingly said, a pangolin kissed a turtle. The former CDC director and expert, right, Washington Post? Former CDC director discussed the ongoing debate over the COVID-19 pandemic's origins during a lengthy interview with Dr. Mark Siegel, professor of medicine at NYU and a Fox News contributor. While Dr. Anthony Fauci and other leading members of the science community have long argued that human contact with an infected animal started the pandemic, calls to investigate the lab leak theory have intensified in recent days. Redfield argued that COVID-19's efficient human-to-human spread contradicted the behavior of other deadly coronaviruses with similar profiles, such as SARS and MERS, which first reached humans through animal contact but spread at a much slower pace. Quote, When I said before that I didn't think it was biologically plausible that COVID-19 went from a bat to some unknown animal and into man, and had now become one of the most infectious uh, viruses, Redfield said, that's not consistent with how other coronaviruses have come into the human species. And it does suggest there is an alternative hypothesis that it went from a bat virus, got into a laboratory, were in the laboratory, it was taught, educated, and evolved, so that it became a virus that could efficiently transmit human to human. End quote. So what do you think? What do you think? Paul uh, Waldman, what do you think? Left-wing Washington Post. Don't listen to the celebrities. Listen to the experts. Dr. Robert Redfield, CDC director, is telling you that never before in history has a virus that began in an animal found its way to humans and spread at the rapid pace that this one did. This one was taught This virus got into a lab, was taken into a lab, taught, educated, and evolved so that, this is what they call gain-of-function research, so that basically the virus knows how, you know, in a manner of speaking, not that it actually is a living, or it is a living thing, but not that it actually thinks, but that it, it knows how it is able to leap much more quickly from human to human than anything else. In other words, it is intentionally, not organically, but essentially, um, what's the opposite of organically? I'm having a brain cramp here. Uh, but it is, it is essentially being taught in the lab. I'll find that word in a, in a moment. I don't want to pause too long here. But it was taught in the lab on how to evolve and go from human to human. Redfield is a virologist. He said he was very disappointed in what he describes as a lack of openness within the scientific community to pursue both hypotheses. I'm giving my best opinion as a virologist, he said, and I don't think it's plausible that this virus went from a bat to another animal, we still don't know that animal, and then into humans, and immediately had learned how to be human-to-human transmissible to the point of causing one of the greatest pandemics we've ever had in the history of the world, he said. Joe Biden said in May that the U.S. intelligence community had coalesced around two likely scenarios regarding the pandemic's origins, but had yet to reach a definitive conclusion. The president called on officials to present their best findings within 90 days. And again, you're never going to get the truth 
because you let the WHO conduct a sham investigation with the guidance of the Chinese Communist Party already. And once that investigation was concluded, which of course said, nope, wasn't our fault, didn't happen in a lab, guarantee that every single element of evidence was wiped out. Beijing has scrambled to deflect international scrutiny raised to the lab leak theory, accusing U.S. officials of having political motivations in their calls for further investigation. Redfield, CDC former director, expressed doubt about the integrity of the WHO, which concluded in a joint report with China released in March that the lab leak was extremely unlikely. He said the WHO was too compromised by Beijing's influence. Gee, you think? To conduct a truly transparent investigation, clearly they were incapable of compelling China to adhere to the treaty agreements that they have on global health, because they didn't do that. Clearly, they allowed China to define the group of scientists that could come and investigate. That's not consistent with their role. And again, Redfield was the CDC director in the Trump administration from 2018 through January of 2021. All right. I... uh I feel like this extraordinary information uh, is is very important to present. Um, the left is trying to do everything that they can to continue to advance the notion that this is a naturally occurring virus, uh, that every single threat that they've made about it is real, and that vaccinations are absolutely necessary, and that Donald Trump got everything wrong. I'm not approaching this from a, hey, Trump is right about everything standpoint. I'm approaching this from a, we told you from the beginning that the left-wing media cannot be trusted. And when carrying the water for the left-wing government, we're all in more danger. That's what this was about. I'll be right back. I was just talking about Dr. Robert Redfield. I gave you a lot of what he had to say. Let's let him say a little bit uh, on his own. People wanted to squelch any idea that there was another hypothesis. And I think that's what I find the most disappointing, because I would expect that from politicians. I would expect that from governments. I would never expect that from the scientific community. And yet... What we witnessed was the scientific community went on heavy to try to stop any open debate about the origin of this virus. And I find that just very, very sad, very disconcerting, and very anti-science. And very anti-science. You see, that's what the left does. The left only uses and cites science when science is going to help advance their agenda. That is the exact opposite of what science is for. Science is not supposed to have a predetermined outcome, then search for evidence to reach that outcome. Science is the exploration of the evidence to see what the outcome will be. And they have completely turned that around. So in addition to sharing that very important information with you, I want to follow up on it since I did that for an hour with some good news as it pertains to how different states are reacting to uh, the changing conditions of this pandemic. The governor of Arizona has not always been a stalwart conservative leader in this, the way, for example, Ron DeSantis and Kristi Noem and Greg Abbott and others have been, is on the right track here. Arizona Governor Doug Ducey signed an executive order yesterday 
prohibiting universities in his state from requiring students to vaccinate themselves or wear masks while on campus. The vaccine works, Ducey said, and we encourage Arizonans to take it. But it is a choice, and we need to keep it that way. He went on to say public education is a public right, and taxpayers are paying for it. We need to make our public universities available for students to return to learning. They have missed out on too much learning. From K-12 through to higher education, Arizona is supporting in-person learning. And his executive order came shortly after Arizona State University announced all students are expected, although not required, to receive the coronavirus vaccine before the fall semester. Students were additionally told to upload proof of their vaccination on the university's online portal. The policy also requires students who aren't vaccinated to wear a mask, both indoors and outdoors, subject to daily health checks, and get tested for the virus twice a week. Non-vaccinated students would be exempt, excuse me, from those uh, restrictions. I think that should say vaccinated uh, students would be. Anyway, Ducey said uh, he would attempt to make the temporary measure he signed a permanent law by working with the legislature, and appears it appears the executive order only applies to the coronavirus vaccine, not all vaccines. So again, I will ask, every time I see a governor doing the right thing somewhere in this country, I'll ask, where the hell are you, Mike DeWine? Why won't you do the right thing like so many other red state governors do? Why are you still so addicted to your own power? Issue an order, DeWine. Do not force young, healthy students to get this shot that may or may not be good for them in order to return to campuses this fall. It's time to stand up and do the right thing for the first time since this pandemic began, Mike DeWine. Do the right thing. It's 10 o'clock. We'll get news. We'll come back with Dan Reginald next on AM 1420.